Hi, it's season three, episode eight of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Hello. And Harlow's favourite son, now living in California, Mark Stoll. Good morning. Good morning. Right. Lee Dixon, Noel Gallagher, Liam Gallagher, Franny Lee, Frank Sidebottom, <laughs> Stuart Hall, sex pest, sex predator. Can you hear me? Can you fucking hear me? Your boys took one hell of a beating. Your boys took one hell of a beating. <laughs> And Ian Brown, right? Ian, Ian Brown, is Ian he a Brown. City fan was, as well? I think, was, I think yeah. he was a United fan. Lee Dixon, did I mention Lee Dixon? Yeah. Um, Mark Radcliffe, yeah. yeah. The list is on. Endless. Right. Um, uh, well, hang on. They on. took a hell of a beating again. 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 Now, before anybody says that 2-0, we didn't thrash them because it was only 2-0, OK? I think that scoreline f- flattered them. I think that actually we should have should have beat them 4-0 at least and... Um, I, I will go as far as saying that that performance was better than both of the City victories last season. I think it was a much harder game. The change of manager obviously has an impact. Poch and Guardiola have history. Um, and yeah, I just think they've spent a lot of money this season and they still were not as good as they think they are. Very happy with today's result. Cannot wait to go to work tomorrow and discuss this in sight and sound of the Gooners in the office. Excellent, Mark. What's your take on the match? Um, I I agree with you in that the scoreline did not reflect our dominance. I think we were we just we should have it should have been three or four nil definitely. Now, just I don't know whether I'd say it was better than our home win last season. But um, we we did totally dominate, and they struggled. They struggled big time. They struggled in defence. They gave the ball away a hell of a lot in attack, and we were more comfortable than the scoreline suggests. Definitely, we just like I say we were we were a bit wasteful. The amount of times we we made them give the ball up in their own half, we really should have just hammered them. But who cares? We won. It was a great result. Great all-round performance. You know, you could, you wouldn't argue with any of the man of the match. You know, the people that, that anybody would say for man of the match. For me, it was Vertonghen was up there, Walker was up yep. there, and Ericsson for me were the for the standouts. But nobody played terrible. Nobody. It if, was you, if you had to pick one player as your man of the match, probably, probably Vertonghen. I thought he was fantastic and he you know he made some great challenges and he was whenever he was caught up in it he came out on top for me today and it it stood out I thought Danny Rosa had a fantastic game Mm. considering he's been out for a couple Gary Neville on Sky gave Wanyama the man of the match yeah I think yeah I mean it's pretty much faultless really hard though to pick one I think well, you look at if we go through that starting eleven. Lloris did did what he had to do. I know that he's he's and on this pod and by by myself uh, and others uh, has come under some criticism um, the last few weeks with his with his kicking, um, and that's true. And 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 it's and that's not. I don't think that criticism's unjustified. But when it comes to doing what goalkeepers do, which is save and prevent goals. Um, he's he's one of the best, and he can make world class saves. And I think today he he was he was solid. Um, Full backs Rose Walker immense. Um, out of Erold and 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 uh, and Yan obviously really solid. Um, and I think we, we've got the best at the moment the best defence in the in, in the league. 
Um, mm-hmm. and we yep. had that last season, although I can't remember if we ended up with the best defence or not after that um, final game of the season. But best defence, we've only conceded three goals, none of which have been from open play in the league. And then in the midfield, OK, Ali was playing further deep today, but you had Wanyama, who was... Um, yeah, I can see why why he got man of the match. Um, immense. Um, Eriksson, I thought, did really well. Um, Sissoko, I thought, was an absolute beast. I mean, he, he's. I think that was his best game in a Spurs shirt. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the be- the first game actually that he and Wanyama looked really settled. Mm. Wanyama was a bit niggly, and you know, still questions around his discipline, his self discipline, um, under pressure of a game. But I did think that the two of them definitely looked part of the team. With um, Sissoko, I couldn't help but think that because it was a big match against Man City that he raised this game. And I wonder, my only criticism of him is, given a lot of what's been said, um, and I don't know because I I don't follow Newcastle, so I can't, I can't, I can't comment too much. But I'm only going by what's been said that some Newcastle fans have said that for example he didn't raise his game always so I'd, I'd, my only criticism of him would be if that holds true if and if that is true is would he would he would we see the same player if we're I don't know playing um, West Brom on a cold Saturday afternoon as we will do in a few weeks um, but that's only something that, that we'll find out with time um, Lamella I thought did well but he gave the ball away a few times um I don't think he. Has. Yeah, but there were some some nice little tackles from Lamella. Oh yeah, he, he played he played well. I, I just don't think he had his, his best game, but I thought he he was superb. Nonetheless, he had patches where he did really well. Um, Son, um, we'll talk a little bit about what he did for us in the middle middle of the week a little bit, little bit later in the pod. But I thought playing when I looked at that team sheet. I don't know about you guys, but when I looked at that team sheet beforehand, I was like, what the hell is Maurizio doing, and why is he dropped Janssen? And I thought that um, Son played really well, both with his back to goal, holding the ball up, turn it, running, but also running at defenders and being very direct. And I think he was just tireless and also jumping up for headers. He, Seriously, he... would you really drop Son the way he's played the last couple of games? No, but I wouldn't have. I would have had wow. him. I would have had him off playing off Janssen um, and somebody else. Like... And that's why you're not a football manager. And that's indeed why I'm not a football manager. Yeah. Okay, glad we got that sorted. <laughs> but Son again had a really good game, mm. and he passed the ball. Please note for the second goal, which Finally. I know is one of Mark's <laughs> Mark's big he, things. He, he, dri- he drives me crazy at times. He's just way too greedy, way too greedy. I mean, yeah, you can say he's playing well and he's scoring goals, and absolutely, but. You know, look at Barcelona. They have Suarez, Messi and Neymar, three of arguably, you know, top ten players in the world. And those guys, they know when to pass. They all get their goals. You know, and there's there's plenty of times where they could take it on and shoot. And Son needs to pass the ball more. He, He holds on to it too long. He gets it trapped under his feet. He needs to pass it more for me. Remember Wild this time last year when much. Harry was struggling and mm-hmm. every time he got the ball, there were, he was much more aware, I think, of his scoring record thus far. So he wouldn't pass and he would try and get it for himself. The same way Janssen's been doing to a lesser degree. Um, and I think that's all it is. And once he gets, once he feels comfortable that yes he is scoring regularly and that his place in the team is certain then I think that will come but really this is still early days for him I suppose uh, t- t- to a certain degree I-, I can see what you're saying Mark I mean I think certainly early on in, in Son's career at Tottenham he had a tendency to do that I think I think that his decision making is getting better with time um, I-, I-, I see less of that I mean arguably one could say that Harry Kane is greedy at times. He is. He Absolutely. is. Exactly. And that, that was my point. This time last year when Harry wasn't scoring and every opportunity he did get to score, he would shoot. He wouldn't even look around for any other options. And I think Son just needs to be carefully reminded that it's not just him. The fate of the entire team doesn't rest on his shoulders. But it's something that will come with time. 
Yeah, it should do. I mean, we that's the thing. I mean, everybody's saying what a great performance it was today, and for me, we're we're still getting there. I mean, it was definitely up there. Mm. You know, we're still we still haven't peaked yet. We're clicking, but pretty soon we're going to really click, and we're going to absolutely slaughter some teams. We're going to yeah, go but... for a run of scoring four goals regularly. You won't see. It's coming. It's I said that to you during the game, though, Mark. It's far and away the best performance I think we've put in thus far in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, so you can see the team is starting to gel. It's still a bit weird for me not seeing Dyer in the, on the pitch. Mm. That kind of messes with my head. But it is. we are definitely improving game by game. Yeah. yeah. Which is we're really just, good to see. We just haven't peaked yet. And I think yeah. some people are talking as though we have. And there's, there's definitely definitely more to come from us yeah well, we, we, we did a plot towards the end of last season about um or the middle end of last season about not coming too soon um as i recall <laughs> um and uh, i think that we uh, um at the moment there's there's certainly a lot of foreplay um and and we're, we're in the zone at the moment um but we, we're gone i want to see us start games with that intensity from the whistle all the time at home. Seriously. I mean, we were at them straight away, passing nice and quick and slick, and they didn't know what hit them. No, my mate's fantastic. a City fan, and he was messaging me. He said, Spurs can't play at this tempo the whole game. Kind of like just after the, the collar on goal. And I was like, you really haven't seen us play much, have you? Because we can do this all day. We can do this all through a match if we need to. And we were, we were definitely pushing the tempo, definitely pushing the pace. And there was some really slick passing going on. It was so lovely to see. Um, I, um, Arsenal have just scored a late I'm goal. I'm not listening, yeah. Well, oh, there's a fucking God. surprise. Oh, God. Um, okay. Doesn't matter though, are they unbeaten in the league? No, they're, no they're not. Well, but, there you but, go then. Yeah, anyway. Um, it was a bullshit handball as well. Again. The... One thing I noticed in the match, and I don't know if this was picked up um, in the commentary that either of you watching, but um, their keeper, right, um, he looked really shit. Okay, he looked like a shit Joe Hart, and we were singing that. Um, and uh, there's been much been made of the fact that, Poch, um, that Pep wants to get his teams playing from the back, but starting from the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper needs to be good on the ball. And that's fine, and, and I think that's the right philosophy. Um, but there is something to be said about overplaying it, and you know sometimes. And I've seen it to some degree. I've seen it with us sometimes um, when when oh, we've yeah. got, got, got got the ball at the back, and and Larice passes it to Vertonghen, and then Vertonghen has to pass it back, and 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 teams close us down. But this was worse because the. the they, the ball kept coming to the goalkeeper's feet, and he really did want to play it out. And and I think that we, de Pochettino had definitely done his homework because we were closing him down and making life difficult. And I think that was something that a, we a weakness that we exploited throughout the match. We really were pressing them, and I don't think they. I mean, John Stegall said it last week on the on the on the pod. Um, that you know, City have been flying high, but they haven't played us. And when they do, they they won't know what's hit them. And I think that that's what happened today. We we really we fucked them up, good and proper. They're, they're, we made sure their willy flopped. <laughs> 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 what a lovely analogy! Thanks for that. Um, uh, I just uh, would... I did say it actually to Mark. Bravo isn't as good as um, Pep thinks he is whether it's because it's a new league, whether it's because of the circumstances he came in and dispossessing Joe Hart, etc. I don't know. But he was he's always been a weak or he's been a weak link for them so far this season. And to put him under lots of pressure was definitely one way we had of rattling their whole team. And he's made some very well publicised fuck ups already, mm. so I think uh, I think Walker needs to be mentioned. I've said it before. Walker absolutely relishes when he's got competition up there. He's got a player that's on form with a bit of pace to challenge him. And he loved that battle with Sterling today. And they moved Sterling to the other side because he was getting nothing out of Walker. And Walker just kept on turning on the turbos and using his pace. He was fantastic. I just wished... 
I just wished he had that kind of competition every game because he really comes into his own when he's when he's in those situations. Do you he's think brilliant. that was because of the players he was playing against, or do you think it's because it was City? And I maybe Poch had done a little bit of hyping. He's 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 been like that for a while. I mean, Sterling's one of the form players so far in the season, right? And. Walker just seems to relish that challenge and is always really up for it. I mean, not saying he's not he's not great in other games, but I don't know, just recently in the last couple of seasons, whenever he's really come up against a player like that, he wins. He comes out on top as far as I'm concerned. It's been fantastic. I thought he had a good game today. But then, like you said earlier, no, nobody... Especially had a bad game for us. No. Were either of you surprised? I mean, I said it earlier about, about some starting, but I was. Look at the team sheet. Okay, so Rose was back beforehand. Um, Dyer, okay, on the bench. Maybe it's not fully fit. I, 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 I'm, I'm a believer that, that Pochettino has, has tended to bring back. Um, not ease players back in rather than rush them back in so I wasn't too concerned about that slightly worried that Musa wasn't on the bench um, not in, not necessarily for this game but just does that mean that his injury is, is worse than it actually is um, and I think a lot of our success will, will depend on him going forward having said that you know how many games has he played how many league matches has he played for us this season um, he's he's featured in what the Sunderland one was that the only one that he's played in, and we've done done well without him. So we we do have a strong squad. Um, but the Janssen thing was a bit a bit odd for me because, um, you know, Kane's out. Janssen needs a run of games. He needs to get some goals under his belt, and it must have been a kick in the teeth that he was dropped. I don't think he was dropped per se. I think Poch is aware of what he can do. And maybe doesn't want to put him right into such a high-profile game like that. No. It's, Why not ease the guy in? Why put him under any more pressure? Because he's bound to be feeling it already. I don't think it has anything to do with either of them. It's purely the tactics for today. The tactics was to hunt them down, pressure them, and run at them, and not give them a breather. So he decided. It's not. I mean, it's not Yangson's strength. Yangson's, yeah. Yangson's not quite reached the fitness that we want yet. I don't think. Yeah. But he wanted. We wanted a bunch of runners out there that were just going to run all day long, and that's why Sissoko got in the team. Sissoko, Sissoko was the biggest surprise for me. Really? Because I, I mean, he he, he 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 played against. He started against both Stoke and Middlesbrough, <laughs> and I think. Um. Think Sunderland possibly? I can't remember now. Um, I've got. A, I, I. I think he likes him. I think Maurizio seems to like him. There's something there. I don't know whether it's the fact that he's he's he's, a, he's quite strong. He's, he's got a bit of an engine. I mean, get up and down the pitch. Um, wasn't I? Wasn't too surprised with that. I just expected Jansen to be the target man and the Sun to play off him. Um, in light of what you said, do you either of you think that so we've got an international break um, and then we play West Brom away and we all know about you know Tony Pulis teams and they can be a bit more phys- physical, a bit more up and at you. Do you think that Jansen will start that match? I don't think it's the physicality of West Brom that worries me at the moment. It's Nasser Chadley. Mm. Well. We we did have a we did have a question on Chadley. Um, so, um, Mr. Jeff at Ginger Joss asks, did we make a mistake in letting Chadley go? I don't think so. I think he had his chance at Spurs under Poch, and he had some great games, but he was never consistent. Whether that's due to not getting a run in the team, and I don't know why that was, or for whatever reason, he never you couldn't ever guarantee when he came on the pitch. You didn't know what player you were going to get. And think that's why he went. And you know, pleased for the guy. If he's doing well at West Brom, then great, fantastic. He's their record signing, I think. Tony Pulis must think it's Christmas. Yeah, I don't. I don't regret it either. I think we we moved past Chadley. Yeah. Um, and he's the kind of player that needs to be starting games regularly to find his form. And he wasn't going to do that with us. 
he doesn't didn't have the pace, didn't have the intensity in his play that we're looking for. And he'll probably be West Brom's Siggy, I'd imagine. Yeah. So he's good. We did the right thing for him. We did the right thing for us. I wouldn't swap yep. him with anyone. Agreed. Football can be a cruel game because at times there are certain players, you know, whether that's Chadley or Mason or Bentalab, that, that are part of your success when you're at a particular cycle. And then you get to the next level and some of those players just you know that aren't good enough anymore. Aren't, aren't good enough yeah and you need to improve um and that's just that's just you know the the the, the nature of the game I, I don't know it might get to the point where suddenly we'll, we'll we'll be attracting even better quality of players and then somebody this is just purely as an example but let's say harry kane might suddenly be surplus to, to, to requirements that's just you know the the, the nature of the game um, we had well, a question. Was, Sorry, Mark. That, that was that was for me. That was the next step step in uh, Poch's progress as a as a manager as well to see whether sentiment was going to come into play or whether he was going to be able to make these decisions and move on players like Mason and Bentaleb, You know, and oh, I think he's, he's quite it. hard. I think he's it, absolutely ruthless about what he wants. And the rumours this week have been, you know in light of the, the city game, Poch wants to make us the best team in the world and he wants us to make he wants us to win the league and make us the best team in England and all of this kind of stuff. And I think we're absolutely seeing that. We're seeing that in the way he deals with players in and out. Because he's not yeah, so. he's not holding on to them for any emotional basis. He doesn't need to. He's the boss. If he thinks that people aren't delivering to the standard that he wants, on you go. No longer required. I, I I understand that, but even so, you're gonna you you're gonna be constantly tested all all the way with that, you know. You know, have players, you know, he's he's a few years in. He could, you know, it's gonna happen a few years in. It's gonna happen four or five years in. Those yeah. decisions keep coming up, and it is it's never easy. So we'll see. I mean, but he's he doing doesn't it so appear like, right. doesn't appear to be worried by it. He's not. He doesn't. He hasn't held on to. Players like Mason and Bentaleb, who did so well for him, you think that maybe he would have kept them, but no, on they go. Yeah. I agree. Jav? Oh, hello. Sorry, I had it on mute. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can now. Okay, sorry. Can now. Um, I, I had it on mute because I was drinking Rivina and I didn't want it to make any noise. Um, <laughs> right. Um, straws making noise. Um, that's uh, 6, 32, 33. Okay, you, didn't um, get, you didn't get any on your pyjamas, did you? No. <laughs> or on my naked flesh. Um, um, <laughs> the... The hallmark, yeah, Mauricio has got that. Mauricio has got that clinical nature to him, and he can make difficult decisions, and that's the hallmark of, of, of any great manager. But there's also the flip side, which is he will make certain other decisions. For example, extend Danny, you know, buys Ben Davis, and we all think he's going to he's going to be our new left back. And at the same time, he extends Danny Rose's contract, gives him a five year contract, and at the time, nobody, everybody was questioning that decision, and you know, Rose is. Turned out to be an integral part of that of, of that squad. Squad even Sun, you know, there was this is something that was has gone on record. I think about a week ago, um, Pochettino mentioned it in a press conference that Sun was gonna was linked with the move back to, to, to Germany, and he actually talked to talked to Pochettino and said, "Look, you know, Gaffer, I I, I want to go back, and it's not working out." And and that move didn't materialise, and he's still here, and and now we're we're bearing the fruits of that. So. For every tough, difficult decision that he's made in terms of moving a player on, he's also had the foresight to keep the players that actually have turned out to be really good, even though maybe we as fans don't always see it. Um, of course we, we won't see it because we don't know. For all the we, ITK guys and people that profess to know all the ins and outs, what happens behind the doors absolutely stays there. And all absolutely. you get is theories and rumours and counter-rumours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had another question on Twitter, just on, on, on City, which was from um, Lee, at Lee 
Marston81. He says, when we beat City, which we have, um, this is obviously this is about three hours ago before before the game, um, will we get the credit we deserve for our season so far? Mark, you better go first with this, because I have a lengthy rant. I mean, I'm not. it don't bother me, to be quite honest. It just doesn't bother me. All that kind of stuff. People get upset over talking about other teams and all this shit. I just don't care. I never cared about what the pundits say. I barely even listen to them or watch them on TV. We'll just do what we need to do on the pitch and concentrate on that. I don't care about the love-ins or people saying that, oh, they, they go on about Liverpool or these other teams all the time. It gives a shit. I'm just worried about what we're doing. I don't care what they say. Let's just continue improving. Okay, so before the game today, I, like you, Mark, I try to avoid the pundits. They drive me fucking nuts. They're all a bunch of sycophantic idiots. So I try to avoid it. So I, I don't put the game on until probably two or three minutes just before. The sky was all about City and how great City were. And that really fucking annoyed me to start with. Anyway, um, amusingly, through the game, they had uh, Jamie Redknapp up in the commentary box. But they were inviting him to commentate or offer words of wisdom through the game and he didn't have a nice word to say about Spurs until kind of the last five minutes when he had to say something decent so that was definitely worth listening to because you could almost hear his teeth gritting while he was saying nice things um post game that was it Sky no fucking interest whatsoever nothing no post-match interviews not a single thing they didn't expect Spurs to win they clearly weren't planned for it and then suddenly the focus was all about that knob end Wenger and his 20 years at Arsenal where he's achieved you know little bits but nothing recently and that really pissed me off because if City had won today they'd have kept City it would have been all oh, Manchester City are the best team in the world etc and not a single thing so from that point of view from a level of fairness really really annoys me we're not getting any credit anywhere which like you Mark I don't normally care about but when we've been when we have played so well it is vaguely galling to not get any credit for it. And I don't like that. And it's not an even playing field. Got nothing to add out of that. Pretty pretty much um, summarised how I feel, Bex. Um... Fucking annoys me. I wanted to see what Pep had to say about Poch. And equally, I wanted to see Poch being very grown up and very, oh yes, you know, Pep's a wonderful manager all the while knowing that he could be as smug and he could say whatever he fucking liked because he won. But, but they, they, did have an, they did have another game straight afterwards. Their schedule was pretty fucked up today. I don't give a shit. They should have planned this better. The fact that our game was on at fucking quarter past two on a Sunday was their scheduling. Mm. And had City won, I'm fairly sure they would have held off for a couple of minutes just to give a little bit of kudos to how fantastic Pep is. No, no, no disrespect to Burnley... Um, but City against Tottenham—that's that's a big match. That, that is, is the big, biggest match. That is a big match. Yeah. Um, you know, irrespective, irrespective of, 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 of the outcome, that is a big match, and you you, you need to give it the credit that, that it deserves. Um, yeah, like I totally agree with everything, everything you said, Bex. The only thing that I'd add to that is, um, and this is going back 24 hours ago yesterday. Um, the Liverpool result. Now everybody's going on about Liverpool. That's doing my nothing. Um, they okay. They won. Fair enough. They, they they won, and that was a late goal. But for much of that game, it was one all. And I couldn't help but think that if that had stayed a draw, I know it didn't. But if it had stayed a draw, people would have said, media would have said, oh Liverpool. That was a you know really well earned um, draw away from home. And if it had been us drawing at Swansea, they would have said, oh, that's two points dropped from, 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 by, yeah. by Spurs. And that's the thing that really fucks... And, you know, and, and they're still going on about Liverpool. And who have they beaten? You know, they've thrashed a few teams. Um, they beat the Gooners. They beat the Gooners, but they also conceded three in that match as well. You know, They are shaky. Their, their, their defence is pretty shit. Um, I look at our team, and I said it last season for, 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 for most part, and, and apart from those final few matches where, where we fell apart... We had the strongest defence. We had the strongest midfield. We had the best, you know, the best sort of forward players. And you only have to look at the the goal difference and all the stats. And that's well, in terms of defence, that's the case now. Um, we haven't lost any matches. Okay, well, goal difference is 
two inferior to City at the moment. But you know, we're up there. Um, as a team overall, we've there's more balance. You know, you can't just say that like Liverpool are very good going forward, but but they're poor defensively. We're, we're solid in all areas of the park, but yet we don't get the credit. And especially considering, so my friend is a City fan was texting me free game saying, you're playing with no recognised striker. And I said, all right, OK, because, yeah, we're really struggling with goals coming anywhere else on the pitch. So I'm not worried about that. Um, and then today, you know, when Harry Kane had his injury and it was all, oh, woe is me, Spurs are fucked. They can't possibly win a game without Kane. But we've not lost. When he's been AWOL. Mm-hmm. And sitting on the bench and still supporting the team does uh, really, really. Uh, we've had no credit for that either. And we've not spent the millions that uh, I keep getting told by 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 friends, by colleagues at work. Um, but but I keep hearing on 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 the media. I keep hearing from fellow Spurs fans that the fact that you know we didn't spend. Um, well, we don't have the millions. Firstly, sorry, we, 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 but we, we don't, don't have, need it. We don't need it. That's all exactly. We don't need it. The, the best thing that we've done is is retention and, and keeping the players that we've you know. The, yes, the Larices and the Ericsons and the Harry Kane's of this world, but also first and foremost our manager and then all the other players, all the all the young players, your Cameron Carter Vickers, your Winks, your Carrolls, um, the, uh, the fullbacks that have been immense and, and don't get. A, um, the credit they deserve, um, and and yes, we've, we've bought one or two players in the summer: Wanyama and Janssen and uh, Sissoko and 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 Kundu. Um, uh, we don't need. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm just uh, it, of course, I'm me. right. I'm a woman, um, but anyway, yeah, it does annoy me. It, um, it annoyed me quite a lot today. Final thing, um, it's it's poetic in a way. Obviously, that that today. So um, uh, I'm a big Oasis fan, and um, today is the 21st anniversary of of Oasis releasing um, arguably the finest British album ever. Um, What's the story of Morning Glory? Um, and it's quite um, poetic that that uh, Oasis, obviously Noel and Liam, are big Man City fans, and and we've beaten their beloved team today. Um, let's talk a bit a bit about um, the middle of the week. We played. CSKA Moscow um, and that was pretty impressive I thought going away from home clean sheet three points job done yeah it was a very good performance I mean Champions League is all about winning your home games and not losing away if you want to get through and we lost our first game we needed a good result and we got it and we definitely definitely deserved it there was only one team that deserved to win that game and we played really well and we we did a really good job of building our confidence in the Champions League too. I expect to see a different team in the next game, that's for sure. We did really good and then that uh, equaliser from Monaco was pretty special too, right in the last kick of the game. I think, I think our group is going to go right down to the wire. It's going to be a really interesting Champions League campaign. But excellent result. Excellent. It was a really good result and kudos to any Spurs, any of the 300 Spurs fans that travelled mm. out there because when we scored, that was all you could hear. And it wasn't a tiny stadium either and it was fairly well attended, but seriously, all you could hear was the Spurs fans and I think they did really well to make the journey and given the current hooliganism issue with Russian football and the fact that they don't like the Brits, um, a lot of effort to get out there and support the team still and fantastic three points for them to bring home how very lovely and your favourite player um, son Mark was on the score sheet (laughs) yeah it sneaked in (laughs) sneaked in in slow motion time like oh my god is that ever going to cross the fucking line please god (laughs) I'll tell you something it was the goal ever I'll tell you something that was really weird today it was today's game. It was like going back to the fucking nineties, weren't it? How many offsides in one game? <laughs> oh, shit, it's just crazy. It's like I thought it's, Defoe was on the pitch. I was going to say it's it's the need Defoe. Um, he, he did. He did. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. One criticism I, I did have of him, he did get caught, caught offside a few times. Um, but also, I've got to say the the linesman was very slow to raise his flag on a few occasions, which is really annoying. Um, 
so we, we've I got just think, sorry, that Sun was he is very quick player anyway, and I think he was probably just moving too fast for them to really pay attention to, kind of in a roadrunner style. Mm-hmm. Um, he was clearly running straight past the defence, and a couple of times they were looked almost unaware as to where he was with the ball. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised the linesman was taking his time. And a we've couple got, of those decisions were really touch and go to. So. We've got a double header against Leverkusen um, next, um, our next Champions League match. Well, that's a while away, I think. End of October, end, middle of October, I think we played them away. And then, and then early November, we, we played them um, at home. Um, I, I think looking at the game so far, I mean, Monaco are top of the group, and I think that they will be the main threat. I don't, I've not been too impressed with what I've seen of Leverkusen, and I think that we can get, I think we can come away with at least four points in those two matches, but. Um, we'll we'll talk a bit more about Leverkusen um, on the podcast before 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 we play them. Um, we've got an international break, as, as I said earlier. Um, West Brom away next Saturday, the fifteenth of October. Quick predictions. Three one. We'll let Chadley score just so he feels better, and um, apart from that, we'll run rings around them because we can yeah I'm, I'm saying 3 or 4 zero. Okay. it's going to it's going to click for us it's going to I think we're going to end up drawing that match because it's a Tony Pulis team and they're going to make life life difficult and and I and I expect if that happens that there will be many Spurs fans bemoaning that and 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 saying how that will prove costly. Um, I think that I think you've got to accept that over the course of a season um, there are some matches that you're not going to play well in and and you're going to draw and and I think that will be one of them. Um, I hope I'm proved wrong. You got a thing. You got a thing about Pikey Poulis, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you, last season, we they drew with us at, at their gaff. Um, they drew with us, drew with us at home. Um, when we played Stoke, when he was managing them, I know there were obviously occasions where 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 we went up there and got results, but 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 they, you know they were they're always a difficult team, and he likes to. He likes to frustrate. Um, yeah, I, I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, right, before we do some questions from, from listeners, um, Bex, have you got an update on the Spurs ladies? Yeah, the girls played today. They played at Chesson. It's their first home game of the season. And I think I maybe jinxed them by tweeting them good luck. Um, and they managed a one-all draw, having gone behind to start with. So that's the first time they've done that this season. Um, slightly damning for them. I think they're all a little bit... Mm. Um, because they've done so well to start with. However, I don't know the result of the Charlton game because it's finding out girls' results is really tricky and they, they don't update the league table. They were top of the league, so hopefully they've managed to um, stay there overnight. They play on Wednesday again at Chesson at 19.45 against QPR, if anybody's interested. Should be quite a good game, quite a close rivalry. And what happened What happened in the middle, middle of the week, middle of last week? Um, there was some good news, I believe. Um, Karen. Oh, Karen, Karen Hills, Hills won. Um, yeah, sorry, she won at the um, the Women in Football Award that was held in London Thursday night, I think that was. So, yeah. if anybody who hasn't heard me blather on before, she's the manager for the Spurs ladies team. Nice lady, does an awful lot in and around um, hiring gay for girls football. So it was really, really good to see her get rewarded for that. And we, we were both privileged enough to interview her last week, last last season even for for for, for, for the podcast. Um, so congratulations, Karen, um, on your award. Yeah, well very deserved. much so. And and the other thing I meant to say is the reserves team that I went to see last week followed up last week's result by a six-one win again today. So that's all good news. Excellent. Right. Okay. Let's finish off with um, a few questions. But I think we can get through all of them. Um, Ed Brad. Do the panel feel that Danny Rose coming back into the team was the key to our excellent performance today? As good as Davis is, he doesn't fit our more attacking, high-tempo style of play. 
I'm going to come to, come to Mark because I know that Mark, you're a big fan of Davis. Um, so here's your chance to defend him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rose made a difference today. He had a good game. He had a good game. Everybody had a good game. I don't think he made a huge difference. I mean, he did. He put the cross in for the goal, of course. He defended well. He he battled hard. He got in his typical Rose-type battles, which, you know, Davis doesn't seem to get in battles like that. So I don't know what that says about Rose or says about Davis either way. I mean, Davis is definitely a different player, but... Hmm. I think he's very good as well, and I think if he played regularly, he'd be seen just as good as Rose, but I like Rose as well, but I don't think he was the key today. The key today was the team and the tactics. I think it made a nice change for him to come back in. Danny Rose is much more aggressive than Ben Davis by quite some way, and I think that showed in the fact that they moved Sterling away from Carl Walker, maybe thinking he was going to get an easier ride playing against Danny Rose, which was um, foolish. But I do think that Danny Rose makes a difference. Ben Davis is much more passive. I think he doesn't attack quite the same way. He tends not to get so far up the pitch as often as Danny Rose does. And I think it does make a difference to have him back in the side. Okay. Um, next question. Chris Cowell asks, we seem to have options available all over the park, which we just didn't have last season. We finally ha- had a look at George's, Georgie boy, sun's on fire. Janssen looks a strong anchor man to play off uh, or two up front um, alongside Kane. Wanyama's improve- improving, Sissoko adds power and pace. With Kane injured, so his question is, with Kane injured, what's your now strongest starting eleven plus sub who could change the game if needed. And then he just goes on to say that um, when Kane's fit, does he walk straight back into the team? If so, does that how does that affect your team selection? I think probably today's team is was quite a strong team. Um, I'm guessing Kane coming back into the side will depend very much on how Janssen plays over the next couple of games. And also, Wayne Kane comes back. Hmm. Is there a bit of headology with Poch in his, it's not as bad as we first thought, but then there's been nothing since? Is there some mind games going on there? So that when Harry does come back, he's back before everybody expected him to be? Given the fact that the team have played apparently just as well without him, and we're still scoring, than we would have done maybe with him, does that mean that he's not going to come straight back? don't know lots of variables i think i think for me if, if, we, if we've got everybody fit then the back four it would be the same back four same goalkeeper i think that musa dembele and eric dyer would come in in place of <laughs> wanyama that might be harsh on wanyama but um i think that, that i think that's that's what would happen and i think that that would push delhi ali further forward and then it gets a bit interesting who's the three that play behind the striker, um, and by the striker, I, I'm going to assume it's going to be either Kane or or Janssen. Um, and I think that's where it gets. You know, we've got a lot of options. Um, I think there are about six players that could play com- competing for, for for three slots. So effectively, you've got, um, if you like, the three from last season: Lamella, Eriksson, and Ali. Then you've got Son, who's firing. You've got Sissoko, and you've got um, Georgie Boy. And Kundu, um, I suspect he would be uh, somebody that would start on the bench, but then there's still five other players that would um, be vying for, for, for free places. Um, the, the second part of this question um, does Kane walk straight back in? Um, assuming he's fit, I think he would. Um, I think that if Kane came back in, this is just, just, just a guess, and I think that. Kane links up very well with Ali and and Walker, and I think that um, I think that if Kane starts, you're more likely to see Deli Ali start. But who knows? I'm not a manager. Um, I was, <laughs> like I said earlier, I was very surprised with with, with, with the team selection. I expected Son to play off um, off Janssen, um, but that's not what happened. And uh, but we still got the result and we played very well. Uh, Mark? Um, the back four are the only ones that really stick for me. The rest, 
Um, that's what we've got a squad for, moving around depending on the opposition, depending on form. Um, obviously, I've got ones that I favour more than others. Um, to me, Sun would... Kane comes back, Sun, Sun would be one that I... I could see Sun being more like a Chadley was for us. I don't, I don't know whether I see him being a regular, but I just think we're going to go for all competitions and, and change players around. There's players that I definitely wouldn't drop, like Ericsson and uh, Dyer usually, but then Wanyama's starting to become real good, and he's been better than Dyer has so far this season, which is kind of interesting, especially for me to say it, because Dyer's pretty much my favourite player. Um, I think it's just going to keep changing based on the opposition and who's available. But we don't, <clears throat> we don't feel like we're missing anybody while we're winning. And, and that's no. a sign. Go. That, that, and that's a sign of a, a, a strong team when, 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 when you, when you're playing when it well and you don't look like you're, you're, you're missing um, what would otherwise be key personnel. Right, and you yeah. want players to come in and hit the ground running as well. So. And actually, that's something I forgot to say good. about Wednesday night was um, GK absolutely did that when he came on the pitch. He did just, I don't know, there was a whole separate energy running through it. He made a real difference on Wednesday night, I thought. And he was only on the pitch for, what, four or five minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. think he's another interesting one to watch because there's a lot of fire and he wants to come in and do well. So it should be interesting to see how he develops through the season as well. Mm. And, and there's another tier of players that, that we didn't mention: Winks, Carroll, mm-hmm. um, Edwards, um, Carter Vickers, against, Carter Vickers um, Josh, uh, even Josh, yep. even, even Vimmer. Who um, and obviously we, we know about the fullbacks. We, we talked about Davis and, 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 and Trippier. There's, there's another tier of players um, and that, that featured against Gillingham, and I think that they'll all have their own parts to play over, over the course of the season. Um, who says we don't have a strong squad? I think we we are we will we will be challenging. We will be challenging, and by challenging, I mean do mean challenging for the for for, for the league title. Um, okay, next question. Annette Smith. Um, there seems to be a divide between fans who enjoy seeing the funny and light-hearted videos from Spurs social media and those that think it's unnecessary. Where do the panel stand, Mark? I'm fine with it. I like seeing it. it shows the team unity and the camaraderie between the players themselves and it kind of brings the fans closer to the players too as long as we're not going over the top or making our players look stupid or getting involved in too much of that stuff before big games then carry on yep I agree with that it does make them seem more human um, and takes away that mystique if you like about them being footballers the Kyle Walker Halloween thing from a couple of years back was one of the uh, best yeah. pranks I've ever seen. It was so well done. It was really, really funny. And I er, almost everybody watched it. So where's the harm, really? Absolutely. No, I, I echo what both of you say. And, and also, doesn't it make a nice change when you when you see players doing that sort of thing? Or, or you see, and, this, and, and some of this isn't, is not necessarily led by Spurs social, Spurs social media, which I think when Spurs start to get involved, can be a little bit more contrived but for example um Jan Vertonghen posting stuff on Instagram you know show photos of say him and his wife and and uh, and he's out and having dinner with say Hugo and his wife you know just 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 people it just shows stuff. that yeah people stuff makes a nice change from hearing about footballers spit roasting um a, a, a young lady in a in a hotel or or, or um, um, being caught um, doing drugs or whatever it may be. Right. Whatever or else John, Jack Wilshire John, does in his spare time. Yeah, indeed. Right, or, or John Terry getting involved in wire swapping, just not letting anybody else know that that's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <it's, laughs> if you think about it, there's still a young group of lads. And so some of that banter is stuff that goes on anyway. It doesn't hurt to show the wide world that they're still a young bunch of lads and you know they're still enjoying themselves it doesn't take away from their professionalism it doesn't take away from the stuff that they do on the pitch it just helps to show the fact that you know like Mark said they're a team and Nkundu looks like he's got a sense of humour as well he's, he's come brilliant out did you see his drone? stuff on Wednesday Tuesday night sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's very good. He's very, um, very amusing and light-hearted. He was very yeah. impressed with himself. Yeah, do, it was do good. Know, do you know what, what's really nice about it? I mean, you said earlier, Bex, about you know, it gives them that human side and brings them. Mark, I think you said it brings them closer to, to, to us as fans. If you go back, you know, I don't know, in the 60s and 70s, back in the good old days and, and, and football. When you'd was, meet them in the pub afterwards. Yeah, all, all of that sort of thing. So, so we had that. Then we moved into um, the modern game and superstars. And I don't know whether that started off with George Best, certainly, you know, but, you know by the time that you've got players like Gascoigne and then you've got your Beckhams and, 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 and then you know the money from the Premier League and, and then you suddenly you've got players living in, in an ivory tower now whilst at the moment you've still got those players earning vast sums of money and, and, and whatnot, I don't know whether it's the advent of social media or certainly social media but it's also then certain players utilising that um, that's helped and and also I think clubs being a bit more savvy to it and realising shit you know we, need to, we do need to do a bit more of a PR thing you know so it, it, it hasn't gone full circle back to I don't think it ever will because of you know the, no, the, the money but but it's it, it has helped bring players closer to um, to, to the fans and 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 it, it, it creates a better atmosphere and and, and uh, a better feeling I think certainly well the, the club the club can now control its own media they don't have to rely on the regular media. Yep. To, to show how the club looks they can control it so why not take full control of it and show everybody what a good club you are you know mm. and and even for other players I mean there's got to be other players that see Deli Alley and Dyer screwing around and stuff and think oh, it seems pretty cool there at Tottenham you know it's all good stuff well it's the balance isn't it work hard play hard mm-hmm. and today is one flip side of that coin this is what it all means to get a result like that with that team who are very much a team there's no superstars yeah okay next question Emma Donovan asks we seem to often start slow obviously not today um, and start slow and sloppy and then find our heads halfway into the halfway into the first half sometimes if not later could this be a potch tactic Um, and she then goes on to say that um, we know he makes the team play a lot of chess and tactical board games. Um, so um, this is just earlier last season. I mentioned um, I, I went to Hotspur away, and and um, Emma was saying. Oh, you me. didn't mention that at all. D- did I not mention that? No. No. Um, I, I was <laughs> lucky enough to go. And I was, and I was there. I was <laughs> not there with fifty times. I was there with Emma, and um, she mentioned. Sorry, they, they mentioned to us that um, there is a huge emphasis on. There are like breakout rooms um, where players can go and just chill out and do stuff. But there are there's a, quite often there are, there's an emphasis on playing board games. So um, rather than you know, you know playing a, gambling, uh, yeah, that sort of thing. And there was a huge emphasis on that. And I, I wonder whether that is deliberate. In, in I mean, that was Emma's point that whether it gets them thinking um, more and 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 also. Are we as a club, sorry, are we as a team, and this is obviously from Pochettino down to the players, do we look to to start games slowly and then and sort of pace ourselves out? I mean, clearly we, do, we didn't today because we were, we were just on the front foot from, from, from the beginning right through to the end. Or, 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 do, or, or, or is that just completely coincidental? Do, do team do... do games just pan out in that way do we just happen to start some games a bit shit and then work our way into them yeah i mean there is there is another team on the pitch as well so mm. there's, there's only so much we can do i think i think we're we're finding our feet we you know our fitness is getting up there too it's it just depends i mean i think if if you watch a lot of games, we'll start the second half and we'll seem to like try and really draw teams out by passing the ball around at the back. And you, we've, we've seen that in recent games. We're passing the ball around even deeper in our own half, trying to draw teams out. So I definitely think there's there's a chess match and tactics that come into it. But on the other hand, the, the other teams, there's another team out there too and it's based on how they're playing and what they're doing. So 
we'll continue to probably see it flip-flop back and forwards. But once we really get ourselves going, usually, then we're away. Yeah, I don't think it's a deliberate. How many times have you seen Poch standing there with his arms folded, looking stern at the players? Quite often, really. Um, so I don't think there's any deliberate tactic to necessarily start game slowly. Like Mark said, it depends on who else is, who your opposition is. Last season was markedly, we either had a good first 15 minutes or a good last 15 minutes of any half. But very rarely did they seem to coincide. Okay, uh, final three questions. Um, at Bubble33 4170 asks, why do some players get songs and some don't? Hugo, for example, doesn't have one. Oh, he has a chance. Um, or Trippier. Can the panel think of one for them? No, because they should be organic. They need to come from incidents that have happened. Making up songs. Some some players' names, the number of the syllables they have in their name. The whole Deli Ali, we've got Deli Ali, isn't necessarily our song. We've stolen it from someone else. But because his name fits the, the required number of syllables, that's why that song works. And it works for some players and not for others. Really, he can, if, if you, you make bubble whatever with lots of numbers, um, can think of one for Alderweireld. Now, that's truly impressive. Toby's got great hair, something. Shut uh, up. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, Hugo probably wouldn't be too amused. If anything, he'd probably prefer. Interrupt his poetry. Right, an accordion solo or something. <laughs> <laughs> As to Trippier, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> unless, unless unless Walker gets injured, you know, and out for six months, then maybe we can put one together for Trippier. But mm. other than that, they don't nope. care. Uh, well, I think some do and some don't. If you saw any of the <laughs> videos released by the club when um, Daly Ali signed his contract extension, he was saying then that to hear the crowd singing that song was really special for him. So I'm guessing that maybe they would all quite like their old songs and some follow them from club to club, depending. But yeah, I don't know. I do think it's a name thing. I do think it depends on if their name fits as much as anything else. It, it does have to be organic. The only thing that uh, I find sometimes a bit frustrating is the fact that we... T- we <laughs> The songs aren't original. They are rehashed songs. And... Oh, I don't know. Lamella's song is quite original. Lamella's is... Ericsson's. True. Ish. Okay, all right. I stand corrected. The, the, Maybe. The, the, okay, the, the best one, the best one that never gets sung, right? Only at 1882 games, and they seem to have stopped doing that, um, is the Yann the Tongan song. The one about him having a massive cock. That is a brilliant song. Okay. Well, get together and... with the um, with anybody from the eighteen eighty two lot, Flavio, etc., and see if you can get that started at a normal league game. I that would... should be your challenge for this season. I would, I would love that to be. I mean, Emma's a big um, Yamatongan fan, and and I've yep. tried to try to try to. Needs more than two of you. Yeah, it does. It does. Um... He's got a massive cock, he has, he has, he has. <laughs> he tucks it in his football sock, the yan, the yan. He shacked his bird and now she's dead. He waved his cock around his head. He's Tottenham, Tottenham Superman. Anyway. Um, Thanks. Right. Uh, final two questions. Um, Greg Taylor, we, we've done this before. We've done this to death. Um, Greg asks, there are rumours that Bale may want to leave Real Madrid with Man United as a destination if Spurs were in a financial position to have him back although many fans would jump at the chance would you what effect do you think it would have his what do you think what oh, for fuck's sake what effect do you think it would what effect do you think it would have if you'd written the question properly thanks Greg what or effect if you'd read it before that would be handy indeed <laughs> yep do you, you need me to bail you out um, what yes, effect, please God. What effect do you think his return would have on the club? Personally, I think he would probably be a disruptive influence, though not deliberately. So upsetting the new ethos and, and the culture of the club, and Pochettino should and would veto it. Um, very quickly, I'd take him back in a heartbeat, and if, there, if he was going to be a problem, um, I think Pochettino would just get rid of him, just as he's, he's, he's made decisions that he needs to with, with other players. 
Why would we want him back? Who would you drop? I'd drop it. To fit Gareth Bale into the team. No. Seriously? He could warm the bench and he could could learn some tips from um, Toby. He'd get his fucking haircut as well. Yeah, well, he's in the right place. Zlatan. Um, No. Best players in the world. He is criminally wasted at Real Madrid because of Ronaldo. Oh, and at Spurs, he wouldn't be. He he would fit into our team absolutely fantastically. And I'd like to know where anybody has ever seen any kind of ego from Gareth Bale that would suggest he would be a problem. And you only have to to look at Wales, though, and 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 the fact that you know he he's playing as part of a team and he's really happy there. No, he. Personally, it's the reputation that he brings with him. He is a superstar. Well, he manages to go and play with, you know, Irish Irish Division 4 players for Wales every week and he's all right. But he's he's probably known some of those lads for quite a long time. And if you're messing around in the changing rooms, then it doesn't matter who you are. Allegedly. Well, we're back to Super Yan again, aren't we? But if <laughs> if if you're Deli Ali or Cameron Carter Vickers and you've grown up watching this player and seen what he's become, don't you think to have him on the pitch at the same time you get that little bit of awe and respect and I just from that point of view, I think it would be strange. I think he would lift everybody up, and the way we, the his pace in our team with the way we, yeah, it would fit quite nicely. It'd be devastating. Okay, final question. Um, I don't know if I really want to read this. Bex, do you want to read it from no. Zach? No. No. Why? Well, you're so good at it. Go on, you're on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mark. Uh, right, Zach Gisnola. Final question from Zach Gisnola from Sunny Old Weymouth asks: As the host has thrown himself out of a plane, right? So earlier this week, um, I jumped out 15,000 oh, 15, feet out of a plane, um, uh, uh, hand glided off a mountain, eaten whole tubs of ice. Now he's getting silly. Eaten whole tubs of ice cream and entire bars, bars of bars chocolate. Blah 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 blah. Um, met various famous people. As a non-drinker, what will he do to celebrate when? Spurs win the league. Finally Silence get your restraining. Well, no, I was going to say finally get your restraining order against Jenna Coleman lifted. I... Yeah, that would be good. That would be a good um, start. I think you should do something really, really rebellious and completely out of character. Dye my dye my hair purple. Uh, get your ear pierced. That, no, uh, no. That, uh, I said no. ear, uh, very carefully. I said it's, ear. Okay, so I, I don't have any tattoos, and I'm not a big fan of. Uh, uh, I know that you are, Bex. I'm not a big fan of um, tattoos. I don't believe you are either, Mark. Um, but if we win the league, I'll get a cock on my leg. We still talking about a tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be clear because um, you know whatever you do outside of the podcast is your own business entirely. It'll be an extension of Yam's. Co- no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that really is a whole com- whole separate conversation. Right. On that note, um, so no. Come next... on, Mark. Mark, what do you reckon he would do? What do I reckon he would do? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I. I. Who knows? I mean, it'll probably, <laughs> it'll probably involve something dangerous and something to do with stalking. So. <laughs> Uh, bungee jumping is on my bucket list, um, but that's not really a, 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 that's not a way that I would celebrate Spurs winning the league by. You need something jump, more no. permanent than that. Maybe you'll start drinking, go on a on a bender. Pass. I don't know. I can't think of anything. Sorry, Zach. Sorry to disappoint. Um, but I'd like to know what Zach thinks. Yeah, that you would well, do. We should we should get him on the pod hopefully yeah. in a few weeks. Um, right, um, the next podcast will be on Sunday, two weeks today, Sunday the sixteenth of October, the day after we play West Brom. Um, obviously, it's an international way. Obviously, there's an international break 
um, which means that we're going to be watching boring international football and uh, uh, watching Sam Allardyce's England team. Oh, hold on, he's not on the page anymore. Um, right, um, thank you, Bex, as ever. You're very welcome. Thank you, Mark. Welcome, thank you. Right, and on that note, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll